0: This is Sporting Max with Max Becker on SEN. Welcome back, everyone, to the Opals edition of Sporting Max. Thanks to Basketball Australia. It's great to be working with them for this edition of the show. I've got an Australian Opals and WNBL legend with me right now. She's got a Defensive Player of the Year in the WNBL named after her. She um, captains the Australian Opals to their first ever medal, a bronze, in 1996 in the Olympics in Atlanta. Robin Maher, welcome to the show. It's an absolute honour and a pleasure to have you on. How are you?
1: I'm well, thank you, and thanks for that nice welcome. It's good to be here.
0: So, Robin, I want to sort of briefly touch on your career. Um, so what can you tell me a bit about your childhood and, you know, what was growing up, I guess, like for you?
1: Um, oh, I've come from um, a country town, Ballarat, and um, it was all about all about sport. My dad was a, a AFL footballer, a, you know, a bit of a tennis player, a bit of an all-rounder really. And um, I had three older brothers and an older sister, and they were all pretty well involved in sport. And my brother went on to play AFL football and um, along with my father also played AFL football. So very sporting family, very sporting, you know, we were always at some event or anything like that, and I played, you know, every sport that you could imagine when I was growing up. So, yeah, that's a bit of my, um, you know, childhood was much about sport, played netball, basketball, tennis, you know, bad mitten, table tennis, you know, and it was there.
0: So can you tell me about the decision time for you? What age was that, that at and how did you make the, the decision to, you know, go with basketball?
1: Um. The decision sort of took me over. I was a netball player and they just built the basketball stadium in Ballarat. And um, our netball team got taken over to the basketball team, you know, in those days. Sta- well, at the start of the, the new stadium, if you had a senior team, you had to put one junior team in to, to, to develop the yeah. association. Yeah. And so our um, netball coach, which was our school teacher as well, um, was, was already playing basketball at the YMCA and they put a senior team in and they want to put a junior team in. So they put an under-14 um, junior team in and I think I was like nine or something. Wow. And, um, so they put us in the under-14s and uh, like to cover the, the gap of the age groups. And, um, yeah, so that's how I sort of started. And then it become, you know, an all-round, all-year all um program and so I used to play you know netball in the winter and tennis in the summer you know and things like that but basketball basketball sort of took over it was just an all all year sport and obviously I was good at it so um you know that always makes it um easier to to you know get involved and stay involved yeah
0: did the kind of play you were as a kid um as a nine-year-old evolve as you got into your career
1: yeah, well, I was playing. I was playing in, in the end. They I found another team to play under 10s, and I found another team to play under 12s. So I was playing three age groups, um, you know, all on a Saturday afternoon. So it was, um, you know, I, I evolved like that. And, and I continued to do those age groups, three age groups, nearly the whole way of my junior career 10s, 12s, 14s, 12, 14s, 16s, 16, 18s, 16, seniors. So, yeah.
0: Can you tell me about your first opportunity in the WNBL?
1: Well, the WNBL uh, commenced in 1979. Yeah. 1979. And I was already um, playing senior basketball in Melbourne. And um, so, I mean, that was the start of, um, you know, the WNBL. So so my team put a a team in the WNBL. Um, That was the Melbourne Telstars, which become Nutterwater Inspectors. Yeah. So um, that that's how it all began. and um, I was in that 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 first um, round of games. Can
0: you tell me about the transition um, from senior basketball to the WNBL? Was there like, I guess, a step up, or was it just sort of same sort of level of play?
1: Well, in, in that in, the league was yeah.
0: coming into play that time.
1: Well, in senior basketball um, in Australia, we used to have club championships, mm-hmm. and. Uh, also state teams, state senior teams, like they do in the juniors now. They have, say, the Melbourne Classic, which is like a club championships, and then they have um, state teams. So we used to have that in the seniors. So we were playing, um, you know, other, other states as it was. And um, then when it was like that, the NBL was already um, in progress by, I think, about two years, and so it was decided that the women should go along the same lines. And so, you know, it wasn't a wasn't a big step up, but it I guess it made people think about where they were going to be playing if they wanted to play in champ like in in the WNBL. So you won five championships across your time
0: uh, with the one inspectors. How do you reflect and compare different championship experiences for you?
1: Well, um, well, I well. I guess, like, if you ask a coach, he says, get good players. And I think that's what our, our Nutter One Inspectors team was. We had, a, we had a whole bunch of great players that become national players in the long run. Um, you know, like when you've got people like Michelle Timms, Shelley Gorman, um, there was Tracy Browning. There was, uh, look, there, there's, there were so many national players around there Around that era, that um, it was hard not to win one. You know, like we had a great team, and they Oh, yeah. Well, not always. In some, in some teams, we were we were underdone, and um, you know, we were small, or we didn't have a center, or you know, things like that. So, you know, I think we had good preparation. We had a good coach, Tom, who's my husband, was the coach of that team, and he was very instrumental in you know guiding that group of players, you know, into um, an area that really wasn't developed, and, and being defence, and so we were a pressing machine. Um, you know, our defence was spot on, and it was hard for people to score against us. So I think that was um, that that was our era of um, era of um, greatness in the in in the eighties.
0: What was your mindset heading into a game? Was it always um, purely on the defensive side, or you know, drop a couple of points here and there?
1: No, no. Um, in in my early in the eighties and nineties, I was I was top scorer of the WNBL, and um, you know had had you know averaging around you know eighteen or so. Um, it was not until the later years that um, my scoring dropped off, and it was more of a defensive game.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, can you tell me about that first nineteen eighty eight experience and selection for you? Eighty four, sorry, eighty four. It was.
1: For the Olympics?
0: Yeah, your first Olympic yeah. experience.
1: Yeah, first Olympic experience. Well, it was it was fantastic, really. I mean, it was, we um, we went along to the, because um, we failed to qualify um, at the 1980, for the 1980 Olympics, at because women had to go through a qualification tournament at those times. Mm-hmm. And so we failed to qualify in 19, 1980. So we got along to that 1984 um, qualification games, and they were played in um, cuba and we played cuba in the last game for a spot at the olympics and we missed out by a shot from the center line and uh because uh cuba um uh did uh uh, didn't go to the 84 olympics they boycotted along with the you know soviet union and etc so uh we were the next best team so we got to go so it wasn't until oh maybe six weeks prior to the Olympics that we went, that we actually knew we were going. So it was very exciting, very, very you know, exciting for women basket women's basketball in Australia. You know, the first appearance of a of a of the Australian team. So it was you know an absolute buzz. So what's the week
0: in the lead up to you know heading off to the Olympics like for you?
1: Oh, I guess it was much like any other week, really, because you know, like it's not like nowadays where every athlete's a professional player. Um, we were still finishing off at work, you know, probably yeah. the before we left. So um, everyone worked back in the back in the early days, and um, it was you know, like it was just something that you had to do. Most people, um, or a lot, not most people, a lot of people, I guess had to give up their job to go away on, on tour. It was maybe sometimes we tour for five or six weeks and, wow. um, you know, and, that you know, maybe twice a year you'd do that. And so companies weren't going to tolerate that. So you used to have to sort of finish up your job, go on tour, come back and get another job. I was very blessed to be able to be working with the Ainstead Bank at mm-hmm. that Um, for 10 years whilst I played in those early days and um, they would give me time off and not only time off but they give me time off with pay so um, I was one of the lucky ones and uh, but not so much for my other teammates who had to come back from a tour and try and find another job so I guess you know the week prior to to Olympic Games is much like any others you know it it is exciting though packing your bag having you know all your Olympic gear in hand and um, you know, like it's, it's a bit of fun. It's, you know, it's, it's, uh, great to have family around watching that. It's, it was good. So
0: your husband, Tom coached, um, one of the Olympic teams that you've been a part of. What's that like to, what was that like to be a part of a team with him?
1: Uh, well, as I said, he, he's been my coach since 1983. And, um, although I had different, um, national coaches prior to Tom, but, it was, um, you know, like it wasn't an unusual circumstance for me. That's what I'm trying to say yeah, is that, yeah. um, you know, like I was, you know, we're very comfortable being coach and player mm-hmm. and um, we work well together, but it was but it was fun to have Tom at an Olympic Games with me. And it was, you know, even more exciting to, um, to celebrate the first medal together as well. Can you
0: take me through the experience in, I guess, the Olympic Village for you?
1: Oh, the Olympic Villages are great. You know, they're um, you know, there's lots to see. Um, you know, you can, you know, sit down on the path and watch, you know, superstars go past, and um, you know, like you know, from Australians, you know, people that that, that you idol before that before you got there, and international players. You know, I guess maybe the NBL play NBA players and. Um, you know, the American players and things like that. So it was always good fun. They had lots of activities. Um, you know, they had huge um, food halls and, um, you know, and it, it like everything's free, obviously. You just walk in and grab whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess in 96 it was, um, you know, like they had, you know, McDonald's, big McDonald's store there and, you know, you know, not not that I'm into McDonald's, but, you know, like it was, um, you know, a like more
0: advanced kind of thing.
1: Yeah, it was, it was sort of like a shopping town, really, yeah.
0: So what, what, what how do you compare that to, you know, the 84 Olympics where I guess it would have been kind of buffet-style kind of thing?
1: Um, well, they, they both had buffet-style things. I, I, you know, like the villages are very much the same year-to-year, year, really. Um, you know, the accommodation's always, always good. Um, the food's as you said it's buffet style or you know it's it's you know cafe style and you know like they have lots of different, you know they'll have a ca- coffee stall they'll have a lemonade stall they'll have mcdonald's they'll have yeah, you know yeah. what, what a pizza place they'll have you know things like that so i think generally the olympic villages have been much the same um you know I, I, you know, like there's, they've always got like a, like a nightclub and you know and things like that. So, you know, they, they've been much the same though. So
0: 1996, you captains the Australian Opals to their first ever medal of bronze in Atlanta. Can you take me through those games and that experience for you?
1: Well, we knew we were in for a shot. Um, you know, we'd come, we we would missed out in 1992 um, to to. for for the barcelona olympics and uh we narrowly missed get like we had some really close games in the qualification games and leading up to those games we had um 94 which was the world championships in 1994 in sydney and we'd got seriously close to meddling in 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 those games we played often the bronze medal to the usa and lost by two and um you know like there was lots of um buzz about the team that we had and I think that we did a really good job of holding that team together and um, when we got to 96 we would had a lot of pre-games and we'd done really really well at those games and I think we always knew we we're in for a little bit of a shot at, at getting a medal um, the games were tough you know um teams knew that um we were a bit of a threat um, you know we, we we had really good we were defensively we were really good we attacked um their, their players really well so it was it was a it was a fun tournament to be in and uh you know we, we 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 should have had a shot at silver but um or silver and gold but um you know where we finished we were happy with you know you can't get you yeah, know the first medal ever, so it was. Um, you know that was the start of the Opals' beginning, really, in in their standing in the world. You know, from there we we you know got up to number two in the world for, for years. So it was um, it was a good start for us.
0: So what did it mean to you to put on the green and gold and represent your country?
1: Oh, well, there's no better thing. Um, you know, it was it was a great honor to. To be selected, it was a great honour to to represent my country, and um, you know I was always um, you know like for playing for that long, like my career with the national team was you know twenty years, so um, I didn't get bored with it, that's for sure. <laughs> um, and it was always a great honour to to pull on the Guernsey and, um, and and get out there and play hard. It was great. So you played in six world championships, three um, in three Olympics.
0: How do you prepare for major events like this, like yourself to get your, your mental state um, in a good place, your, your physical health um, in a good place?
1: Oh, you know what? It's not that hard to, to get up to play, you know, good quality basketball. I'll just turn the light on. It's getting very dark. And, um, uh, you know, it's not hard to get up to play to play championship games, Um, you're with um, people that you've played week to week with in the WNBL and against in the WNBL. And so you know you've got greatness um, uh, alongside you. So um, it's great to get together and, um, you know, play against quality international teams. Uh, That's not hard to get up up to, you know, like no matter how many games you play, you're always going to get up to play those games.
0: So what's it like heading into you know that bronze medal game and you know I guess when you if when you're playing in a gold medal game you lose and you get silver you are sort of down on yourself because you didn't get you didn't get the gold what's that like and how do you compare obviously winning a silver medal in your time how do you compare experiences between w- winning a silver medal that feeling and winning a winning a bronze
1: Well I've never won a silver Yeah <laughs> so and I haven't been in the gold medal game so um, That's I've right.
0: You don't you don't have to feel that sort of devastation then. Yeah. I, I look.
1: Yeah. yeah. You know, a lot lots of people say this. You know, it's better to win the bronze than to lose the lose the gold. But mm-hmm. oh, you know, I, I don't think so. You know, no. you've won yeah. the game to be where you are if if you're playing off for of gold. Um. So you know, look. If I was playing off for gold and I lost and got a silver. You know, I couldn't be upset by my, with myself, you know, like yeah. I would be happy with it. Wouldn't be happy that we lost. No one likes to lose. But in the end, you, you've gone, you, you've you've done the best you can and you come away with the silver. You've gone, you, you've been there, you played in a bronze medal game, you win, you come away with what you won. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm not going to say that it, those, those two scenarios, um, you know, one's better than the other. Uh, I know which one is <laughs> the silver's better.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so can you tell me about winning 10, a record 10 WNBL championships over, a, you know, a, t- a 20 year career, um, playing sort of WNBL and for the Australian Opals. And, you know, you, you win 10 championship games out of 13.
1: Yeah, no, it's pretty special. Um, it, that, that's, that's special. I mean, no one else has won 10 um, except for Tom. He's won 10 as a coach. Yeah.
0: yeah. But, um,
1: <laughs> but um, it's, it's special. And, and also, um, you know, when I left Wadding, I went to Hobart. And after the second year I was in Hobart, I won a WNBL Championships. And then the year after, um, we went to Perth to play. And I won that when we won that year. And then the year after that, we went to Sydney and we won that year. So it was three titles in three years with three different teams. So mm-hmm. that was kind of special. <laughs> like, where can I go next?
0: Yeah, where, where can <laughs> so, I go and get a championship next? Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, um, you know, that that's that's special. Um, no, but it's, you know, it's it's great. You know, maybe I pick my teams well, but... Um, yeah, <laughs> just yeah, maybe. But um maybe you know, maybe
0: I think I think you're the difference in that in each of those teams to make oh, start the teams. There
1: you go. That's that's
0: that's the answer.
1: <laughs> that's the answer. All right, I'll leave it with you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so can you take me through um what it's like to sit back now and you know watch Lauren Jackson go to work?
1: Well, I hope to see her go to work again in September. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that's gonna happen. And you don't put Lauren Jackson in a squad and then don't pick her. So um, I'm sure that that's going to happen in September. So we're going to co- be along and everyone's going to witness some greatness again in September from Lauren Jackson. I'd, lo- I'd love to sit back and watch Lauren Jackson. I always had the honour of playing with her at the um, 98 90, um, Worlds when she first made the national team. And, um, you know, it was, she was a star then. She was, I think, just turned 18. Mm-hmm. And um, she was every time she went on the court, she scored a point, point a minute, and it was just like, well, let us play her for forty. She'll get forty points. Yeah, you yeah. know, <laughs> But you know, as a young kid, you can't play that long in an international game. So, you know, she's she earned her Guernsey, and um, you know, look what she's done. You know, like there's been no better, no no one else. She is the goat of Australian basketball or world basketball, really. So, can
0: you tell me about your involvement in this? Australian Fever World Cup this year?
1: Um, I'm just a spectator. Um, not just a spectator. I'm an Opals cheerleader. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, I've, you know, like followed the Opals and been to, I've been to every Olympics except last year when, when we couldn't yeah. go. Um, every Olympics since 84 except for 92. So, yeah. Um, wow. And, you know, world championships a bit the same. You know, when Tom was coaching in China, we'd go to those world championships as well. So, you know, countless world championships, many Olympic games. Um, you know, this is an event that's in our hometown. I'm very excited to get up to Sydney and, and watch, you know, not just the Opals but um, all the other um, teams that are competing. So it's going to be fun. Um, you know, I think that the Opals, with the inclusion of Jackson into their team, are going to be a, a bigger threat, and um, the teams are really going to have to scout us to, to, to get through there, not only just through their um, round games, but through to the finals as well. So it's um, it's great. But my involvement, no, it's um, just um, as a spectator.
0: So can you tell me about viewing the Australian Opals' performance last year um, at Tokyo and, you know, how they sort of struggled their way, I guess, a bit through that competition?
1: Yeah, they did struggle. Um, No-one's doubting that. Um, They didn't have a very good preparation, did they, with, you know, the um, turmoil of the Liz Cambage saga. Well, um, well, I guess
0: ultimately that's why Lauren Jackson's in the team, to gel that team together. You know, Geno Hayes retired and ultimately Lauren Jackson's there to bring that team together, um, establish an identity.
1: Um, well, I'm not saying that that's why she's been picked. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't think that's why she's been selected. She, she's I, I selected think for
0: for she she, she's, yeah. she
1: selects herself because of the, the way she trains and the and the way she's um, playing right now. I mean, you know, in the, in the the when she's she's playing NBL 1 for Albury. She's put um, up 40
0: points and 15 boards.
1: Yeah, and so if there was a, say there was a 23-year-old that was playing with Aubrey and getting 40 points and whatever her stats are, You, the national team would go, well, what's going on here? Why isn't she in the national team or, or the squad? So should be no difference because Lauren's 42, that um, that that she shouldn't, you know, have a chance as well. So, you know, Lauren is in that team because she deserves to be in that team. And But as you say, she will um, have a, a strong head. Yeah. Um. You know, towards you know those girls winning and those girls having you know a much better opportunity to, um, to gel together and to play together.
0: How big of an opportunity is this for the Australian girls, um, to establish themselves not only as a basketball player but you know or a WNBL player to for future prospect teams, but as an Australian Open here on home soil in Sydney.
1: Well, there's no better. I mean, um, I mean, I mean, from from my perspective, as playing at um, aus ninety four in nineteen ninety four in Sydney, the World Championships. I mean, basketball was on the way up before that, anyway, um, for women, you know. Um, but to have all those games on TV, to have full crowds in um, the venues that we had, um, we played in Adelaide and Sydney. Um, it was special, and um, it was it was very comfortable, and and to have, you know, your family and friends around, and have a crowd cheering for you on international games, which was not the norm, obviously. Yeah.
0: So, are there any players who you're specifically keeping an eye out for, maybe a breakout um, FIBA World Cup this year?
1: <laughs> um. Well, de- depends who they pick. <laughs> yeah. Um, um. There's a couple of players that I don't think they that that will make it. That I. No, I'm not. I'm not going to say any. I'm not going to say I'm looking forward to. I. I don't know. You know, if there was a few players that might have a breakout season, I'd think they will get picked. So, um, you know, I, I think that the team that they will select will be more than capable of um getting into the medal rounds for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So who's, are there any girls who have sort of caught your eye or caught your attention?
1: Well, I really love Lauren Nicholson and um, just, just that I think that she's a real gutsy little player and, mm-hmm. um, you know, she's, she's got some goods. Um, um, Annalie Mailey yeah. is a, is a yeah. standout and, um, you know, like a, a player that Australia hasn't got. You know, she's a rebounding machine. She, she gives it all. She's really improved her shooting. Um, she's got a game now and, um, you know, she's, she's grown up a lot in, within the game. So I think that um, I'm looking forward to watching her, you know, if she's successful in making the team, which I really think that she should. Um, you know, again, you know, in the WNBL, there's been no one else better than her. Um, she's an MVP from last WNBL season. Um, not that that means mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a lot, but um, because other WNBL MVPs haven't made Opals teams as well. So, um, but it gives you know, you it's, um, Credibility. I, I, I mean, I really want, i really like to see those players um, become really good international players.
0: Yeah. So what about, I guess, Aussies who not only play the WNBL, but if you're a selector for the Australian team, are you looking at overseas prospects too who are playing um, in Europe or Germany or things like that, or are you purely looking at Australians who have been playing on home soil, know their game, know their identity as a player? I and- know. Oh, yeah,
1: No, no, you, you've got to look internationally as well. I mean, we have some good quality players playing in Europe and playing in the WNBA. Um, you know, uh, I mean, there's a lot of – I don't think we could field a good enough team if we didn't have those players playing so you know you've got to look in all areas i mean it's not like it used to be where you know only one or two players and back in my day there was no WNBA. um yeah absolutely so and very few players ever went to europe to play so you know most of the teams were in australia able to camp it out every couple of weeks you know Mm -hmm you know um get to their get their team. the australian coach used to be able to travel around to the states and visit the players and work out with them but um that's not a possibility now the game's changed it's a lot more a management thing rather than a um you know we've, we've become we've become like the usa who get together you know five days before the tournament and you know, try and put a team together. So we're not at that bad. I mean, we've just had a camp yep. and we've just had games and things. Yep. But you know, the majority of the, of the players were missing. But you know, then it gives opportunities for other young kids to to get their nose into it too. So you know, it's not it's not all bad. But you can't you couldn't select a team just from Australian um, you know stay at home players.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, how do you reflect on I guess your experiences um, playing with someone like a Michelle Timms?
1: Well, she's the other goat isn't she yeah. um, she's um she oh, like I've played with her since 19, nine, 1985 and um, played with her as what well, like with the specters and the national team and in Perth and then in Sydney um, you know she's she's a great friend of mine and uh, you know we're, we're good buddies both on and off the court so it's um it was it was a pleasure and a privilege to be playing with timsey and um you know it's uh it, it was it was nice to see her grow you know like i remember her playing in the wmbl with with Bulleen, um and uh she wasn't even a starter at, yes, like she it was guard. yeah playing a backup guard and we recruited her the year after that, and she started and with us and with another one inspectors and never looked back. You know, she was a, she's a quality person, a quality player.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Robin, I know you've got sort of a busy schedule as well. Um, just before we finish up, what's your best advice to anyone who wants to be a professional basketballer and, you know, be successful like yourself and make World Cups, make Olympics, captain the Australian Opals? <laughs>
1: Um well you got to know your limitations and um you know you, you you can't expect too much of yourself all at once and it's 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 a it's like growing pains. <laughs> you gotta grow into the game and um you know you've got to try and seek out the best coaching you can get. Um you know it's you gotta keep yourself in shape. Um you know, you've got to uh, like. There's so many things that, that that you work on, but you know, I guess you've got to have a, a love and a passion for the game, and and um, you know, I think that's what keeps a lot of players in the game for a, for a long time. Is that you know, if you love the game, you'll you'll get there. Is that advice? You, you can't like just say just love the game and then go and do it. You know, I think that um, you know, if you're good if if you're good enough to be there, you should be able to seek out um some you know like try and better yourself in in areas that you think that you you might be struggling in
0: yeah absolutely thanks so much robin for putting aside half an hour or so of your time today to come on and have a chat on the opals edition um of the show it's been an absolute honor and a pleasure to have you on
1: no worries thank you for your time too
0: thanks robin stay tuned everyone for some more of the opals edition of sporting Mac. This is Sporting Max with Max Becker on SEN.